Seems like every time we plan an outreach day in the community, it's really cold. But it was really awesome to get together and to go rake leaves in people's houses and just serve our community. So thank you to everyone that joined us for that. And also, uh, we got some important people here today. Um, he's shaking his head at me. Um, Pastor Ben and Michelle Alexander and Jackson and Natalie, would you guys stand up and wave to people? <laughs> Pastor Ben, uh, Pastor Ben was the youth pastor here for several years. The the formative years of his life, and uh, we're, I'm glad to have you back here today. And maybe, do you just want to come do the message today? <laughs> hey, it's good to have you guys here and, uh, and see you guys today. Today we're going to finish up our mission trip series, and we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, but I, I just want to take a second and kind of look at where we've been. So we had Dr. Larry Garman two weeks ago, and, and maybe some of you missed that Sunday. I just want to encourage you, if you missed hearing Dr. Larry uh, two weeks ago, you should go on the website, wcn.church, or the Facebook page, or YouTube, and you can find the church, and you can find his message. I, I think it was such a great thing to hear uh, God's faithfulness in his calling and God's faithfulness to work through his ministry. And, and so if you didn't get a chance to do that, I just would encourage you to go back and hear that one. You don't have to go back and listen to all my sermons, but go listen to his message because um, God is good and God is working. And as we talk about the mission trip, I just want to encourage you that we are called to be a part of what God is doing, not just in Westchester, Mason, Liberty Township, but around the world. And so last week, our, our theme was this, that we are all, say all, all. called to go. Say go. go. We are all, all called to go. go. Every single one of us. Not every one of us is called to Peru. Not every one of us is called to the other side of the world. In fact, the majority of us are called to go in our community and, and, and share Christ and serve the people around us. And so we are all, every single one of us, called to go. It's not God's plan for some to sit and do nothing while others go and spread the news of Christ. It's God's plan that every single one of us would go. And, and so here's a question that, you know, I don't know if you've ever re wrestled with this question, but why are some people called to go to the ends of the earth while others of us are, are called to just be here and minister here. And as I was thinking about um, Dr. Larry Garman, I thought about he and his wife, Addie, when they were young. He, he's, a, he's from Jamestown, Ohio, which is just north of here. I mean, he grew up a very similar life to a lot of us. And at one point in his life, God said, I want you to get up and leave this, go to the jungles of Peru with your wife, and start ministry there. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having to go from like life here to the primitive jungles of Peru and starting just all over and starting to just do ministry and mission work there? It, does that not like blow your mind? And it, and it made me think about like we're all called to go, but, but I, it seems to me that every week we are called to go, but we get to come together and we get to be encouraged by hundreds of other Christians and we get to stay connected and it just blows my mind to think that, that God would call Larry and Addie Garman to move to the jungles of Peru where there wasn't, I mean, at the time, internet or any of that stuff, and, and to be on their own there other than his presence. And so it makes me ask the question, like, how do we support the mission work there? Because we're all called to go here, 
But I really believe that God's calling to others to go to the ends of the earth is not something that's just for them. It's for us to be a part of all of it. So today we're, we're in Philippians chapter 4, and, um, and we're going to be in verse 10 through 20. And Philippians is this letter from Paul, a missionary, so it's very much like Larry Garman writing a letter back to the church. Paul had started and worked in the church, and then he went off on his mission journeys, and now he's writing a letter back to the church. We're going to focus in on chapter 4, verses 10 through 20, but, but I want you to hear why, how, and, and I want you to hear some promises of, of, of why we give, why we go, why we serve, why we sacrifice, and how God works when we do. So stand with me. Paul is actually writing this from prison. And so can you imagine that? I mean, he went out, he's doing missions work, and, and he's in some, some difficult spots, and he's writing back. And I think some of these words will be even more powerful when we understand that the place he's in. So here we go, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in, every, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do this through him who gives me strength. Yet it is good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as, as you Philipp, Philippians know, in the early days of, our, of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received payment, uh, full payment, and have more than enough. I am amply su supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now to God be the... The God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You can have a seat. So like I said, three things I want you to see. Paul's writing a letter back to the church as a missionary. And the first part is this. Paul says he rejoices um, but for the giving, but he's not dependent on the giving. So the first thing I want you to, we, we want to talk about here is that we give, but the work is not dependent on our giving. The second thing is why do we give um, and why is Paul rejoicing and thankful for the giving? And the third is the promise that, that Paul gives us that God is faithful and kind of a statement of where we should live every single day. So, so let me go back to verse 10. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I'm just going to stop there. So we, we have this, I think in, in the American church especially, and in most of our lives, we have this view that we need to give to others, especially in other parts of the world, 
because we have everything we need and we give to others so that they can have things and be content. I want you to see what Paul's saying here. Essentially what Paul's saying in these first few verses, and again in verse 17, uh, when he says, um, I don't desire your gifts, essentially what he's saying is, I'm good whether you give or not, God's taking care of me. But I'm rejoicing that you're joining me in this work. So the first, the first thing I want us to see is that this question, does God need us to give? Does God need you to give? Can I tell you the truth? God can accomplish his will whether you put money in the offering plate, whether you pledge to faith promise, whether you go serve your community or not, God can accomplish his will. God does not need your giving, your serving, your sacrificing. But I want you to know that God chooses to work through our giving and our serving and our sacrificing he says here, I have learned what it, what it means to be content. Sometimes we think, hey, we've got all this good stuff. I mean, we've got nice cars and we've got electronics. And uh, let, me, let me tell you, I went to Ukraine and, uh, a few years ago. And I was there and I had an iPad with me. And I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I've got this great technology. And, and it would be, you know, just they, they should have this. And, and, and it's like in my head, I thought, if I can give them what I have, then they can have enough and they will be content. Paul says, no, it, it's not that I need what you're giving because I've learned to be content no matter what, whether I get that or not. So there's this weird thing going on at the beginning where he's saying, I'm rejoicing that you gave, but not because it's needed. That, that's, that's what he's saying here. Uh, so we had Larry Garman staying with us, uh, missionary to Peru for over 45 years, jungles of Peru. Uh, do you know what the first thoughts through our head were? When we knew Larry was coming to stay with us, he stayed at our house. We've got to have the bed perfect. We've got to have the house clean. We've got to make sure that the accommodations are good for Dr. Larry Garman. You know what we realized really quick? Is that Dr. Larry Garman is content in just about any circumstance. He slept in the jungles of Peru for 45 plus years. He didn't need our best. I was all worried about, hey, are, are, I mean, you're from California. Are you ready to eat? I mean, it's six o'clock here, but it's three o'clock. Are you gonna, and he's like, I'm good. I'm content with whatever. Here's the thing, we think we've gotta give you what we have so that you can be content, and the truth of the matter is, anybody that's ever sacrificed everything for Christ would tell you they are content and have everything they need in Christ. So does God need our giving? No, but God chooses to work through our giving. Paul doesn't say, hey, hey, I'm good, so don't waste your time. Paul says, I'm rejoicing in your giving because that's how God chooses to work. One of the coolest parts of having Dr. Garman here is that our church over the years has had the opportunity to go to the jungles of Peru over and over again. And one of the things he kept saying is, man, God worked through those trips, through your giving, now, do we think for one second that if we didn't give this or go this year that all of a sudden that work was just going to go away? No. 
but God chooses to work through our giving. And so we give out of obedience. We give because that's how God chooses to work. I loved what Larry said. He said, you know, the, the people in the jungles of Peru had never been valued by the people around them. And when you came, when you sat at their tables in their houses, when you loved them, things changed and God worked. So the first reason we give is out of obedience because that's how God chooses to work. Then for, verse 14, the second reason. Paul says, yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of, our, of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And then he says this again, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. So the first reason we give is out of obedience to God because he chooses to work through our giving, our serving, our sacrificing. The second reason is right here. It's not about us having everything and giving to others so that they can have everything. They're content. They're good. I'll never forget, um, I, I was in, the, uh, in um, Papua New Guinea, and this, I know you've heard this story before, I apologize for repeating it, but I was in Papua New Guinea, we'd worked all day, we went to a service in this uh, sanctuary next to the compound there, and I'm standing there in the service, and, and I don't know if you guys know this, but in other countries, like in, in America, we like have services that are like an hour long, and if we go an hour and three minutes, you guys start kind of nodding off, you start getting mad at me a little bit, go ahead, don't lie, you get a little mad if I talk too long, and so I'm, I'm in a college at the time, and we'd worked hard in New Guinea in the service, it just kind of kept going, and me, you know, the guy who feels like he has everything is sitting there in this service, and I'm like, come on now, this is going a little bit long, do we really need to spend three hours here doing this, I mean, and all of a sudden, I, I heard the guy sitting next to me, standing next to me, and I looked over, and he's got no shoes on, and he rode his bike for miles to come to worship that day, and I heard him saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Jesus. Others don't need our stuff. Our stuff doesn't lead to contentment. Contentment comes from Christ. So the first reason we give is to be obedient because God works through it. But the second reason we give is that it's good for us to give and serve and sacrifice. He says in verse 14, it was good for you to share in my troubles. So real quick, three ways that it's good for us to give and serve and sacrifice. By the way, um, the church in Philippi, this wasn't like they, they took some offerings and they had a little bit extra sitting around, so they sent it to Paul. This was sacrificial giving. Sometimes I think we're guilty of giving out of the extra. And, and I believe that it's good when we give sacrificially and we serve. This isn't all about money. When we serve, when we give of our time sacrificially, that's good for us. And so he says in verse 14, it was good for you to share in the troubles. Three reasons why it's good for us. Number one, it transforms us. It transforms us. See, see we're, we live in a culture 
where we hoard things. We live in a culture that's very much about things. What can I acquire? What can I attain? And, and I mean, if you've ever like moved someone from one house to another, you understand this. We have too much junk, but we have this mentality that I've got to get more junk. We don't think it's junk. We think it's valuable. We've got to get the next car, the next phone, the next thing. And we have this hoarding mentality. And the first reason why it's good for us to give is because it changes the way our minds work. And it helps us to understand that we're not meant to hoard. We're meant to steward. God gives us things, and those things are meant to be given to others for his glory. When you go to another place, when you go on a mission trip, and you see other people that are content with less, all of a sudden you start to realize the value of the things that you put your trust and your hope in. And Paul says, it was good for you to share in my troubles because it transforms us. The second reason it's good for us is it connects us. When we give, when we serve, when we sacrifice, it connects us. See, the people of Philippi, they had never been on the journeys that Paul had been to, but because they gave, because they sacrificed, they were a part of the work. Giving allows us to share in the work of building the kingdom. Not all of us are called to go to the jungles, but because we give, we serve, we sacrifice, we are connected with the people of Peru. Dr. Garman said that he, when, I, when he was preparing to come. He said, man, I'm so excited to come be with your church because your church was so important to the work that God did in Peru. I, I was lucky enough to get to go when I was in eighth grade and be a part of that. And it changed me. And I'm connected to that place. Earlier this year, we went to Guatemala. Now we're connected to the Guatemalan people. We love them. They're a part of us. We're connected to the people in Ukraine. We got to go to the Ukraine several years ago, and now all this stuff is going on, and it's, it's not just another place in the world. Those are our people. We know them. We've served there. It connects us together. When I, when I was a, a senior, I got the opportunity to go to Africa, and I'm really excited because in 2024, our church is planning to go back to Kenya and go to Africa Nazarene University. And I had the opportunity to build a little part of a building there. And I can't wait to go back to see if it's still standing. No, I can't wait to go back because part of my heart's there. When I see people from Guatemala and Peru and Ukraine and Africa, those are my people. You're my people, but those are my people. Here's the thing. If they're God's people, they're our people. So we give and we serve and we sacrifice because it connects us, connects us to his work. Something really bad happens to the church when it becomes inwardly focused and when all we see is this. All of a sudden, our, we start fighting over the silliest things but when we have a bigger picture of what God's doing in the world around us, when we give and we serve and we sacrifice for his mission and his purposes, it changes us. And we're connected to this global family. Megan and I sometimes talk about traveling, and, and I've loved traveling in my life. And I always say, listen, there's so much more out there than just what you find 
you know, in Florida or in the United States. There's so many cool places. We've got to go. That's how this is. When we, when we stay to ourselves, when we have a hoarding mentality, we miss out on so much more that God is doing. It, it changes us. It connects us. Number three, uh, when we give, we invest in something that really matters. Do we have any collectors in the room? Anyone honest enough to say you're a collector? All right, three of you, that's really, uh, some people aren't being honest here. <laughs> either you're asleep or you're, you're lying, but either way, I'm a collector. And, and can I just tell you, I'm a little bit of a collector to a fault. Like when I decide I'm going to collect something, I go way too far in collecting it. So last year, or this year actually, uh, last year Charlie and I went to a bunch of UC football games, and we followed that team, and it was really good, and then they went to the college semifinal, and we went to that, and, and then seven of those guys got drafted to the NFL, and so we were out one day, and we bought a pack of cards, and we just happened to get so lucky to get a Desmond Ritter autographed card. He's in his UC jersey. That was the quarterback of UC, and I was hooked, and I was like, Charlie, we, we got to get all these, we got to get all the UC players. And I start collecting these things, and, and I'm going to be honest, like, cards have kind of taken over our living room a little bit, and Megan's not real thrilled about it. And, and I collect all these things, but, you know, honestly, every once in a while I just come to the realization that the things that I collect and that I focus some of my attention on, they're not really worth anything. I mean, I hope Desmond Ritter has a good career. If he does, maybe that card will be worth, like, a hundred bucks. That doesn't get you much these days. We tend to invest all of ourselves in this, this hoarding in these things, and we invest in things that honestly just don't matter that much. When we give, it transforms us, it connects us, and we invest in something eternal, something that really matters. There's something really good that happens when we give and when we serve when we invest, when we sacrifice, it matters. And so, so Paul says, I'm rejoicing in your giving. Not because I need it to be content. I've learned to be content with or without. Not because God needs it. God's work is going to happen. But God chooses, so we give out of obedience. God chooses, and when we do, we are blessed. Verse 19 verse 19, um, Paul says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. See, I told you the, the church in Philippi gave sacrificially. It wasn't that they had all this extra laying around. They gave sacrificially of what they had and what they needed. They gave to Paul. And Paul says, you know what? I'm rejoicing that you gave not because I had to have it, God's got me, but because God is going to meet all your needs. He says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, like sometimes I'm tempted to, uh, to depend on paychecks and on things, and I gotta tell you, like, that's not good enough. Not that I don't make enough or anything like that, but things aren't good enough. Paul says when you give and when you sacrifice, 
He will meet all your needs. Not just meet all your needs. This isn't like he'll pay all your bills. Listen to what it says. He will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. That's incredible. God isn't just like, hey, if you give and you're a little short, I'll I'll get you just enough. God wants to just bless you, wants to pour out his grace and his spirit on you. God wants to pour out blessings on you. But it's not going to happen if we're hoarders. It's not going to happen if we're dependent on paychecks and things and cars and houses. That's not how it works. It's when we give. It's when we become a part of the bigger thing and we trust in him that he meets all of our needs according to his riches, his glory in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be dependent on the glory of God and the riches in Christ Jesus than some paycheck. When we give, we are blessed. One of the commentaries I read said, this reflects one of the most important principles regarding giving in the scriptures, that we are never poorer for having given. God will never be our debtor, and we can never outgive God. This isn't prosperity gospel. This isn't if you give money and time, you're going to be rich and have everything you ever wanted here on earth. That's not what I'm saying. What Paul's saying is that if you're faithful to give and serve and be a part of the bigger mission, God's going to bless you abundantly. And it may not be with cars and UC cards and silly things like that. God's going to bless you abundantly. In the past year, I've had conversations with my brother and my sister about this. Uh, with Robert, we were talking about my parents and just the giving. And I don't, I don't mean this to like be bragging or anything, but like my parents were so faithful to give to God and to put God first in their finances. And we didn't always have the nicest new things. And, we, and listen, we, we didn't struggle, but we didn't always have the things that other people had. We didn't always go to the coolest places, but they always put God first. And my brother and I were talking about that, and we were just saying, man, God has blessed us abundantly more. I'm not rich. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that I'm blessed to have been raised in a family that put him first and experiences his blessings every single day. God is the most extravagant giver that there is. My sister and I were talking about my parents and just how committed to the church they were. And, and you know, we, we, my parents invested a lot of time in the church. And the temptation would be for us to say, hey, we got cheated because you spent so much time. Listen, I never once have questioned whether my parents loved me or were there for me. And I'm so thankful that my parents weren't doing the bare minimum to serve Jesus, but were willing to give everything, not just in their money, but in their time and in their energy God is the most extravagant giver, and I want to tell you, he blesses us according to his riches and glory. Don't miss out on that. When you're a hoarder, when you're focused on your stuff, when you're putting your trust in things, that's all you got. If you're faithful to give and sacrifice, God blesses you in ways you could never imagine. Be faithful. So why do we give? Number one, we give out of obedience because that's how God chooses to work. 
Number two, it's because it's what's best for us. When we give, we are blessed. And number three, when we give and sacrifice, we're putting our hope and our trust completely in him, the most extravagant giver. That's why we give. He ends it with verse 20, and I think it's the perfect statement to end this mission series. I think it's the perfect statement to end just about anything. He says, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Will you say that with me? To God, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go one more time. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's how he lived. That's how Dr. Garman lived. That's how God calls us to live. With our finances, with our time, with our worship, with our families. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the jungles of Peru, to God be the glory. In the streets of Westchester, in the neighborhoods of Westchester and Mason, where we're raking leaves, to God be the glory. In the offerings that we give, to God be the glory. In the mission trips that we go on, to God be the glory. In the way that we live our lives, the conversations that we have, everything we do, to God be the glory. That's how we live today. That's how we go. The worship team's gonna come up, and I wanna tell you there's no better way there's no better way to live than for his glory. So as we sing this last song, I just want you to reflect and I just want you to pray, God, what does it look like for me to give you all the glory? What does it look like for me to give, to serve, to sacrifice for you, to live completely dependent on you? Be obedient. Don't miss out on his greatest blessings. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this wonderful church family, and I thank you for the blessings that you give us. I thank you that you are the most extravagant giver. And I thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to partner in your work of building the kingdom. I loved hearing the stories of Larry Garman, Lord. I thank you for that, for working through him. Lord, help me to partner. Help me to give. Help me to serve. Help me to sacrifice of my time and my energy for your kingdom. We love you, Lord. We give you everything today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, stay.